Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. My name is Pete Scazzaro, and today is going to be part two of growing older in the new family of Jesus, growing older in the new family of Jesus. Before I launch into this, let me just uh, make a quick announcement here. This past week, uh, the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Kit for Leaders and Pastors was released by Zondervan around the world, and it really is the culmination of 22, almost 22 years of work. And now there's in one box uh, something for churches and ministries to take to bring in a discipleship that deeply changes lives for the sake of the world. And that's our mission at Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's equipping the church in a discipleship that deeply changes lives. It's out of this that we actually develop leaders. So let me invite you uh, to purchase a copy of that. Uh, Go to our website, www.emotionallyhealthy.org. Uh, buy it from us uh, because all our profits go back to support the global ministry as EHS is active in over uh, 30 countries. So let me encourage you to do that. And then you'll want to sign up for one of our live streams that I do monthly to train leaders on how do I bring this to my church? How do I bring this to my ministry? And you'll notice on our website uh, monthly through live stream, you can stay in your office or your workplace or church and get three of you in a room, and we'll actually train you on how do you bring this in. This is not like other discipleship. This is going to deeply change people. This is going to rock a boat, but it's going to get people on a journey uh, where, by God's grace, they're going to bear long-term fruit and become mature disciples who actually make disciples, reproducing disciples. With that said, let me launch into our topic, Growing Old in the New Family of Jesus, uh, Part 2. And so as I began last week's uh, podcast, uh, the um, the United States and actually the entire uh, Western world uh, is growing older. By the year 2020, in the United States, one of six Americans uh, will be over 65. That's only two two years, two and a half years, two years from now, in a few months. By the year 2030, one in five will be over 65. That's 20 percent of the population. And so this is a large discipleship issue. And I got into it uh, in my mid 50s as I was recognizing that. Uh, I did. I had all kinds of weird feelings about growing older. Oh, um, my life is over. And like many other people, uh, hearing all the cultural messages about basically growing older is like, that's just a disaster. And uh, we live in New York City, which is one of the centers of plastic surgery. Uh, so common. I can't go to the uh, skin doctor or uh, my, my, uh, my dentist without seeing all these signs of inviting me to, to plastic surgery. And I'm not against plastic surgery. But the reality is uh, growing older is not a disaster. It's actually a blessing and a great gift. So I want to just talk to you again with part two about what is a discipleship of growing older? Because the, the, our paradigm is that we all come from families and cultures with which, which we address all issues in a certain way, whether it's marriage, singleness, sexuality, aging, uh, work. But now we're in the new family of Jesus, and so we look at things very differently. And uh, we take God's biblical view. And so for those of you who are younger listening to this, this is very critical for you if you're in leadership because you've got to give folks who are older uh, uh, equipping on what does it mean to grow older in the new family of Jesus and the gifts that are, are built into that. And so last week we talked about God's a worker. There's no such thing as retirement. We simply transition into a new role. Uh, that uh, don't even use the word retirement. You may retire from a, an employment, but that's just simply God's opportunity for you to transition 
uh, to something new, but you will work until you die because you're called by God to God and for God to be a blessing. And as I told a 92-year-old woman in our church the other day, God, you're alive and God's got something for you to do here uh, uh, and to bring a gift, uh, not to be bitter. So, But there are some hazards in aging. Uh, in fact, the Bible gives us multiple examples of people growing older and being foolish. Uh, we see that, for example, in Solomon. I think of King Uzziah in 2 Chronicles 26. He became king at 16, had a 52-year reign, uh, effective, but towards the end of his life, he became arrogant. And actually, uh, it says in Scripture that his pride led to his downfall, and he crossed some limits, became unfaithful to God, and acted as if he was one of the high priests in the temple, and uh, ended up getting very sloppy in his walk with God. Uh ended up contracting leprosy and really died a sad death, even though people were trying to warn him not to go down that path. So there are there are certain hazards of aging. And again, as I said last week, I've done a lot of work thinking about it, reading about it, talking to many older people about it. And uh, uh, a, a great book, and I'll recommend it to you, is R. Paul Stevens on aging. It's called Aging Matters. It's one of the best books I know on growing older. Uh, but he mentions the seven deadly sins. Uh, that characterize and how they work out for older people. But the seven deadly sins has been talked about since the third century, uh, going back to Cassian, became more popular with Gregory the Great. But a, a great summary of, of the major sins that beset us as we wander from Jesus, and each of these sins have offspring that flow from them. And what has surprised me as I read multiple books on, on growing older in Christ was how almost every one of them talked about how easy it is to fall away from Jesus when you grow older. I, I thought it was just for younger people, you know, teenagers, you know, oh, challenging to follow Jesus or early 20s. And uh, the shock for me was how many people actually fall away from Jesus in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s uh, and make bad choices. And it just reminds me again of Robert Clinton's work out of Fuller that uh, he argues 70% of the people in the Bible do not finish well, uh, nor do 70% of people uh, in life finish well spiritually. And I, I think that's a tragedy because as we grow older, we have such an opportunity to bring a gift to the world. But here's the seven deadly sins and what they look like uh, as we grow older. First is called pride, just an unwillingness to learn. Uh, secondly is envy, just not being content, not being thankful, just becoming grumpy. Thirdly is wrath, a desire to control, being easily irritated, no patience. The fourth is, uh, uh, the, actually, has been argued as the number one sin of, of growing older, of aging, and that is not have is the sin of sloth, not having any passion, no initiative, and no deep interest to explore. Uh, and and uh, I have sure seen that in many older people, but partially is they don't have a vision, a biblical vision of God's call on their lives. Fifthly is greed, not trusting God for provision. It's really interesting how uh, the worry about money you would think ends as you grow older. But because of, you know, the media and all the messages coming at us, it's never enough. And so we're worrying about money. I mean, I meet people worried about money in their 80s and 90s. And I'm saying, what, what are you so worried about? They're worried about security and bills and what could happen. But the call to trust God uh, isn't just for when you're, you know, 17 or 25 or 35. Uh, it's when you're 85 and 95. The sixth uh, deadly sin is gluttony. That is excessive consumption of good things, TV, food, golf, uh, and seventh is lust, wanting to possess others uh, and control. I'm amazed at how many 
older people I meet that end up getting caught up in pornography uh, and in all kinds of sad uh, behaviors uh, very late in life. And so we want to be aware there are hazards in growing older. And if you don't think you need to depend on Jesus every for every breath you take, uh, you are living an illusion. Uh, no, it is it is your whole life we live out of brokenness and poverty of spirit, and we grab on to Jesus. And we want to be cultivating in our lives, regardless of our age, faith, hope, and love. I mean, many folks lose their faith as they grow older. Some lose hope as they grow older. And of course, uh, many become less loving people and more in feeling like they're entitled because I paid a price. But no, we work as we grow older for a future that others will enjoy. But let me talk to you now, not just about the hazards of aging. I want to talk to you about my three mentors, top mentors that really serve me uh, in understanding growing older. <clears throat> the first uh, is Leighton Ford. And Leighton is a, actually the brother-in-law of uh, Billy Graham. He's been one of my mentors for probably 30 to 40 years. And I called him a few years ago and I said, uh, Leighton, he's now probably his mid-80s. And uh, I think I was about to turn 60. And I said, Leighton, what would you, what would you um, say to me is the biggest lesson you learned in your 60s and your 70s, uh, as you now are about 84, 85. And he started quoting a poem by heart, right on the phone. And it was a poem uh, by May Sarton called, Now I Become Myself. And here, here, he just started quoting this. And I'll just read you the first few lines. Now I become myself. It's taken time, many years and places. I have been dissolved and shaken, worn other people's faces, run madly as if time were there, uh, terribly old, crying a warning, hurry, you'll be dead before. But now to stand still, to be here, to feel my own density and weight. And the poem goes on. But he says, basically, Pete, I'm not wearing anybody's face anymore. I'm just being me. All the false self, all the false... Uh, masks that I've carried all these years, I'm now able to be still and everything's falling into place. And now I'm fertile, I'm growing, I'm, I'm, I'm maturing, I'm free, and I'm not running around like a madman anymore. And I find out God's doing a lot more. And so he said, basically, I discovered my true self uh, in my 60s, 70s, and 80s because I'm less concerned about what other people think. I thought it was beautiful. He says, Pete, just be yourself. Uh, and don't shrink back uh, and don't try to wear other people's faces. Uh, it's so easy to do. We try, we may try out some things from other people, but we may acknowledge their influences, but we've got to be our unique selves in Jesus, uh, integrated out of which we stand still before the Lord you know, and move out for him. That was one great piece of advice. The second came from a, a PhD professor I had in my doctoral program in marriage and, and family. And uh, actually what I gave myself for my 60th birthday was I told Jerry I want to go see him. He lives in a different city. And I want to spend two hours with him for a mentoring appointment. He's actually a therapist as well. But he ran a large organization. And he had transitioned. He's probably about 8, 10 years older than I am. And so I, I went to see him. And for two hours, I, I talked to him about growing older. He, he was, it was just amazing. He said to me, number one, he goes, you want to transition always to meaningful work uh, and don't ever go after money. It'll be a disaster. And don't try to, quote, cash in in your older years if you have the opportunity. He says, do meaningful work. And he goes, you want to practice letting go. You want to practice getting good at it. 
and learning to walk. And you need to learn the skills of growing older and things like saying at the end of a day, enough, just, just enough and loving your limits, integrating limits more deeply into your life. And, and, uh, and he, you know, it's funny, he's a, he's a therapist to, to a number of famous people, uh, football stars, uh, famous athletes, movie stars. And he says, many folks have a disastrous uh, transition from being a tennis pro or golf pro or football pro, a pro. And then at 35, their NFL career is over and they can't integrate that limitation that hits them at 35. And he goes, you want to love your limitations and set up, set up structures uh, to protect them. And so things as simple as at the end of the day, say enough, just let the work go. Things like, um, okay, I, I used to play high school basketball. Uh, I couldn't play full court. Now I can't play half court. Now I actually, I had a shoulder injury. Now I, I can't barely shoot. Uh, but it's amazing. He says, you want to you embrace those limitations as they come your way and put up specific boundaries around them. He goes, you can work a 24-hour day, but you want to every night come to a place, say that's enough and have times you're just completely off technology, uh, stopping, being present and, uh, uh, and integrating those limits he goes, practice walking slowly. It was just great, great counsel and a theology of limits uh, on a whole new level. He gave the example of just two, two people grow older and they, they can't drive anymore. But one, they, they, their children have to hide the keys from them because they won't stop driving. The other one acknowledges very, you know, very humbly said, yeah, you're right. Here's the keys. You know, it's time for me to stop driving. But he goes, if you don't practice it when you're younger, you're not going to do well when you're older. And so here, Pete, you're young. Uh, practice embracing and integrating into yourself limits. The third mentor is a, a fellow who's worked with corporate clients as a, as a uh, consultant for f at least 40 years. He too is in his mid-70s. Uh, and he has worked with uh, famous CEOs. He has worked with the largest Christian ministries around the world. And uh, he actually was he, he actually was um, uh, given to me as a consultant a number of years ago when we were launching out Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And the first phone call I had with him, he told me this, and he said he has now since said it to me uh, four or five times. And I was in my, at the time, in my mid-50s. And he said to me, Pete, I want you to write this down and hear it. And he says, your best decade is going to be your mid-60s. Your second best decade is going to be your mid-70s. And your third best decade is going to be your mid-50s. And so you need to get a perspective of the large arc of your life. Uh, God is working in you. He is preparing uh, what's ahead. But your call now is to be faithful and patient as you build. But if you're faithful to Jesus, you're going to find your most fruitful years in Jesus are going to be your mid-60s. And uh, then it'll be your mid-70s. And then it'll be your mid-50s. And now I'm actually 61 right now. And all I want to tell you is I ha I feel it. I, I It was true. He told me that six years ago. And I'm telling you, I have found it to be true. I feel like I'm just now beginning to hit my stride. And I'm just so excited uh, about what the future will bring. Uh, getting older really is not a crisis. It actually is uh, a blessing. So I leave those three words to you, and I, I pass that on to you, that, again, regardless of your age, get perspective, step back, be faithful to Jesus, stay with him, and you want to enter into discernment of 
what is God inviting you to do, especially now if you are, quote, retired from your job, you've transitioned, and now, wow, you've got gifts, you've got talent, you've got energy, you've got experience, you have sufferings in life, and there is perspective that can only come with decades. I mean, there are things I'm learning about Jesus right now, and I'm, I'm studying the book of Matthew. Uh, I can't believe I preached on some of these texts because I, now I see things I never saw before. But part of it is having lived life and suffered uh, and entering limits. I, I can't imagine the revelation that comes uh, in just growing old. I can't imagine being 80, 90 in Jesus. Uh, and may we be like Simeon and Anna in the temple when Jesus was presented as a baby, as they discerned the coming of the Messiah. And may God's grace be on you. Uh, may you be a gift of wisdom and discernment uh, for the generation that will follow. I remember we used to lament as young people uh, in my 30s, 20s and 30s, like, where where are the fathers? Where are the mothers of the faith who will mentor us? And, and uh, there weren't many around. And I pray that uh, my generation, uh, we can give a gift to the next generation. And that is my pr- plea. That is my prayer. Uh, we want to invest in those who will follow as Moses did and Elijah did. So God bless you. And I want to invite you as we close here to go with us to go with me to our website, www.emotionallyhealthy.org and look around. Great resources there. And again, you want to pick up that Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Kit for Pastors and Leaders. It will serve you well. Great to be with you, everybody. God bless you. You have a wonderful day. I look forward to seeing you again. 